had sex with all those million cars. Million cars. Enforce, my friends, is violence. The supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know, there is something very important we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. So hello, welcome to the Parents Guide podcast, where we talk about movies with a focus on sex and violence. This is still season one, which is about movies from the 1990s. And today we're looking at a movie uh, from 1994 called Exotica by Atom Agoyan. I think this is how you pronounce the name. I'm not entirely sure, actually. And my guest today is George Errett, who has uh, picked this movie. And uh, yeah, welcome, George. Hello, everybody. Okay, before we get into our movie, um, I, I usually uh, ask my guests a, a, questions, a question because um, this podcast, uh, in a way, deals with what movies show in sex and violence. And because it's called Parents Guide, we take a look at what parents are warned of in the IMDb Parents Guide uh, in a particular movie. If we find that warranted or not is a different question. But do you have any movie that comes to your mind that as a child had some, some effect on you concerning sex and violence or was disturbing in any way anything that comes to mind hmm i don't remember um exactly how old i was when i saw it but i was probably like 11 or 12 i think but i think the first i was i had to be younger i think the first r-rated movie i watched in full was probably saving private ryan Ooh. Like, yeah. yeah what effect what effect did it have on you to see save a private ryan at, at this age i mean i don't know if it's because i have an iron stomach or what but, but like i wasn't completely phased by it necessarily like even like not even like the first 15 minutes of the movie which is kind of like iconic mm -hmm. for being some of the most brutal war scenes in any movie mm -hmm. you know you know what it's probably because i used to play a lot of call of duty as a kid that's probably what it was <laughs> <laughs> at the same age already yeah okay yeah i mean yeah uh, kind of yeah. similarly not age appropriate i guess but yeah that's that's uh, pretty pretty common yeah. uh, to to consume these things at an early age it's a bit complicated because my i mean my parents are divorced they have they've been since i was a kid but my mom used to be like careful about what i watch is like make sure you don't watch anything that's too much mm -hmm. and my dad never really cared all that much now mm -hmm. neither of them really have any have any say in it so you know because i'm I, i'm 21 so i i they don't really but they kind of stopped caring when i was a teenager so yeah that makes sense but is there any movie that comes to mind that that did have like if if you if you could uh stand a uh, saving private ryan is there a movie that you remember that i don't know scared you or well i mean there's there's been movies that have disturbed me in a, in a lot of ways um I think uh, Solo was one that I watched. I was like that movie. I was just like, I was pretty. Of course, I mean Solo is like it has that infamous shading scene, but like that was one that was that unsettled me a lot. Yeah, I think I'd be worried if anyone is not unsettled by Solo. Actually, like I, I think yeah. this is this um, is a truly upsetting movie, no matter yeah. which age. <laughs> I mean, there's unsettling movies in a good way, like I mean, like Mysterious Skin, which I watched earlier this year. That movie is really disturbing, and like a lot of the themes of that mm -hmm. movie are really unsettling. But it's yeah. a it's it's a fantastic movie, nonetheless. But no movie from your childhood that comes to mind. 
nothing that really traumatized me in that way, I guess. Like the like the things that scared me the most as a kid was like Barney. So <laughs> well, why not Barney? I mean <laughs> Yeah, Barney. Let's go. Let's let's go to Barney. Yeah, okay. That's a that's an interesting pick. Yeah, I mean I and that's understandable, I would say, right? I, uh, that that can be kind of scary for children. Okay, good. <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Okay. Then uh, we do get to uh, our movie today again that you picked. And um, yeah, before we get into real business, uh, I, I, I want to know like what's what's your history with Exotica, like or why did you pick it? So Exotica is a movie that I I'd heard about a lot in passing over the years, and of course I'd heard about the director Adam Agoyan. I'm I'm not sure how to pronounce his name either. Well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of course, I'd heard about the movies that he's done post uh, The Sweet Hereafter, which I'd also mm -hmm. heard a lot about in the passing. Um, and they're apparently, like, not good. But Sweet Hereafter and, like, Exotic and everything before that is, like, apparently, was apparently, like, really, really good. And one day I, I was just sitting there scrolling through Criterion Channel. This was earlier this year. I was scrolling through Criterion Channel, just looking for something to watch, and I saw Exotica was on there. I sometimes just get these feelings where I was like, I kind of want to watch this today. Mm -hmm. that i've never seen it's random but it's almost like i kind of want to watch this now <laughs> and i just clicked on it and i watched the movie i don't know something about it after i was um i was done with it i mean it kind of it, it wasn't necessarily like unsettling but it left the feeling i was like that was kind of poignant in a certain way mm -hmm. and i felt that like there is a lot in this movie mm -hmm. that's beyond like what you might anticipate from the title because i didn't really know much about what the movie was about so mm -hmm. that's part of the reason i was like kind of what do i want to say like stunned by maybe mm -hmm. yeah i think i think, I think that would be a good way to put it yeah i i have um i, I don't have a lot of history with uh, uh again movies actually uh, he's someone i always wanted to 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 get into because he's kind of renowned in a way But somehow I never got around to watching any of his movies. And Exotica is actually the first movie I've seen by him. And also this year, not that long ago, uh, for for my rewatch of many 90s movies. And I was, I, I, I think I liked it. I was also kind of like confused by it because it's not an easy movie, I think. Like it doesn't make it easy for the, the viewer to to get into it. it it takes its time but on the rewatch now for for this episode i i saw many many more like things that i found fascinating and as you said poignant as well um so i think it's a really interesting movie and, it, and as you said uh, i think there's a lot going on in this movie uh that maybe uh, we'll get into because i think a lot of it definitely has to do with uh with sex maybe maybe violence only in a more indirect way but uh, we'll we'll get to that But I was really curious for that pick, again, because uh, unlike many other movies I have discussed here, it's a movie that I'm not as familiar with or wasn't as familiar with than many other movies. And uh, so I was interested. Okay, before we get into details, uh, I want to take a look at the, uh, the how the movie is uh, rated and how it's, uh, yeah, and, and what the, the MPAA rates, uh, rated it for. It is rated R, as the MPAA uh, explains, for some sexuality and language. Any any comment on that? Um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a very short uh, um, explanation. Uh, sometimes the MPAA uh, descriptions are longer, and they are very careful with which words they use. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that it says some sexuality when a lot of the movie is again set in like a, a strip club, 
there is actually not that much sexuality as you would expect from from the beginning of the film, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, in yeah. if we look at international ratings uh, in the UK, for example, the movie is rated 18, which I found kind of surprising that it has such a high rating in the UK. In Germany, it's rated 16, which is kind of expected, and as uh, has been is the, the common uh, through line in this podcast. Uh, it is rated the lowest rating is in France, where it's rated 12. Because wow. apparently every movie in France uh, is rated at uh, lower than anyone anywhere else in the world, no matter how sexual or violent it is. I usually start with violence, and that's what we do today. Uh, and I already uh, hinted at. Um, well, before I forget, normally I try to I try to have a summary of the movie. Uh, and and again, you have need a spoiler warning. Uh, we will talk about every detail of this movie. So if you haven't seen it, be warned. It is kind of difficult. I, I don't know if you agree to summarize the plot of this film. Yeah, I think that I think it is a pretty dense um, plot to kind of put into a couple of sentences. So I, I give it a try. So basically, it's about a, a guy called Francis who goes to a strip club and he has a favorite dancer there, Christina, and they have a um, kind of interesting relationship. And there is a DJ at the strip club called Eric, who is kind of seems jealous well, and since we're already, I gave a spoiler warning, uh, it, ultimately, in the end, we find out that Frances has lost a daughter. Um, she she died. And Christina and Eric were the ones who found her body. And this is somehow how they are connected. But even saying all of that doesn't give away like all the other connections and characters that are in this film and, and that, that play a role here. Like the movie starts with a, a character named Thomas, who is only partially connected to, to any of this and still has an important role, I would say. So, yeah, that's not a good summary. But again, it's really, really difficult to summarize this movie. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let, let's go to our main sections. Oh, so we start with violence. And I, I'll ask you what I ask everyone. So what would you argue is the most violent scene in this movie? The most violent scene in this movie? I mean, given that there's not like a huge amount of violence, it's probably when mm -hmm. Eric throws Francis out of the club. Yeah, I I would agree. I think this is the most uh, violent uh, violent moment in the film. What would you say about that scene? I, it is an important scene. I think it's kind of like it comes like in I think like in the middle of the film. So it 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 kind of is like, is like a turning point. I mean, yeah, the scene is um, Eric basically set him up to yeah. you know throw him out of the club. So you know because he says you know to touch Christina, but of course the rules of the club, as is with most strip clubs, I would imagine, is uh. You can't touch the dancers right but, you know he he does it and then francis just you know throws him out of there right and because we, we we agree it's the most violent scene he throws him out again because he broke the rule but he does it in a really aggressive way like he doesn't just yes. like say okay you have yeah. to go like he gets really really upset and and drags him along and throws him out onto the street in in the rain like he has some some scars in his face so it's he is he later says uh oh yes maybe i was overreacting Mm. And we do see throughout the movie um, that Eric is is kind of, I don't know, like annoyed by Francis. Like he keeps watching him. He's, he keeps waiting for him. And I, I felt, uh, especially on the rewatch, that this moment when he throws him out, he he like unleashes all the anger he had built up within himself uh, in this moment. Yeah, um, I definitely noticed that more so when I was thinking about the movie after, but like I kind of realized it. But also, like, in the first watch, I, I kind of told, like, he's really watching um, 
watching Francis, including like in the scene where he's waiting on Christina to get done with this other person that she's with right at, at that moment. He just keeps intently like watching um, Francis, even as he's like announcing something from his uh, fr- from his station, I guess you could say. You definitely can feel, I mean, just as you feel in the beginning of the movie, like you can feel like Francis has been coming for a long time. And in the Mm -hmm. same way, you can kind of feel like he knows that he knows he always goes to Christina and he knows that there's some kind of history there that he doesn't like. Like he could just sense it. Yeah. And and what's interesting, of course, is that we find out what they really like how long they've known each other, we only realize in or see in the in the final scene of the movie. Like the, the, the way the movie is structured is really not straightforward. Like we we only step by step realize what is going on and how everyone is connected. And I found that really interesting that the final scene of the movie is Francis and Christina mm-hmm. like in a in a in a flashback. Yeah, the 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 whole um that that whole scene you you do learn like well I don't necessarily think you learn it explicitly throughout the movie. Like there's points in the movie where it's basically implied that there's a past with them, but you don't know like to what extent there was a past with them. Of course, in this final scene, you kind of learn that, you know, she was his daughter's babysitter in that time. It's also basically implied she has her own issues going on at her mm-hmm. at her home and her life her the background of her life. I mean, you never really learn what those are. Yeah, but of course the movie isn't necessarily like it's not about her. She's not she's not really the main character of the movie. But. Yeah, I think what's interesting about her is that we see her very often. Like like there's like the, the the second scene of the movie we see her walking down the street and into the club, but we don't really realize how important she is. I think she's she's there a lot, even though she doesn't get to say a lot. Like she is important to like to Eric. She's important to Francis, even if we don't see her side of things so much that's why i think the, the mm-hmm. final scene yeah. is something because there's the most we learn about her like her past and again even then we don't know exactly what's going on like she kind of isn't is an object for everyone like not, not an object not in a way that it that she is like passed around but everyone kind of projects something on her from from their own issues i mean part yeah. of this we, we we learned is that eric was uh, that she was eric's girlfriend at, at at the time when they when they found francis's uh, daughter's body mm-hmm but, but 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 apart from that, like again, th- this relationship is over, and Eric still projects his his I don't know frustration or jealousy upon her. Francis projects his like missing his daughter upon her because she's kind of like a acts like a replacement, and even Zoe, the uh, Eric's wife, who's the owner of the strip club, also projects something upon her. So everyone yes. is like focuses on her in some way. Yeah, she's kind of. Um, it's like they they just throw. They do throw everything onto her. It, it, it's interesting that we that we also don't learn that much about her necessarily because I was watching the supplements on the Criterion edition of Exotica, mm-hmm. and there is an interview that well, well, not an interview, a conversation that Adam Agoyan had with uh, Sarah Polly, who is in this movie, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, very um, young. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, and they were talking about Exotica, and he said. He said that the studio called him up and said, hey, we want you to put to have Christina do a voiceover narration at over the (laughs) scene where she enters the club about how she got here and everything. And then he said, no, because that ruins that that tarnishes the whole point of the film. In in that sense, it's like um, if we had just gotten that, then like it would kind of ruin the the reveal of the film, the whole reveal Mm -hmm. of the movie. Yeah, completely. Right. 
And there are like yeah. two reveals, right? I mean, the final scene is one reveal when we learn that they have an earlier connection. And the other reveal is that she ha that she was the one who found his daughter's body, which also comes very late into the movie that we realize that. Yes. We keep getting glimpses of their search for the body uh, with her mm -hmm. and Eric, but only very, very late we realize that she is the one who saw the body first. Correct. The structure is so fascinating. I think that's one of the reasons why it was a bit difficult for me to get into the movie at first. And it really benefits from a second watch, I think. Like, it, it really unfolds in a much more interesting way. Or at least it did for me. Um, Goyan, I, I read someone describes it as like the movie being also kind of like a striptease where you only mm -hmm. yes. step by step, layer by layer, see what's what's underneath. And I, I find it very interesting to have a, a theme like striptease and and use that as a structure for the film. I, I mean, that's that's kind of brilliant, I think, to to be even be able to, yes. to pull that off. And I think and it works well. Can you think of any other violent scene in this film? I mean, I guess there are scenes that kind of allude to violence in a way. It, it almost looks like they're going to lead up to some kind of violence, like when Bruce is standing outside the um, strip club with the gun. You mean um, Francis, right? Bruce Greenwood is the actor. Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, <laughs> excuse me francis no, no, is standing outside the, the strip club with the with the gun um it yeah. kind of like insinuates he's gonna do something but like there's there's not really like a, a lot of violence in the movie no just in general yeah, I, mean, I mean that moment is also interesting because we are as you said we are kind of think that violence will happen because he has a gun he plans to shoot eric because uh, he threw him out of the club and then when they finally meet and there's a confrontation what it ends up is that they hug right that francis embraces him so exactly the opposite of violence exactly i, I found that yeah. very interesting right so the the movie mm -hmm. ends exactly not as he would expect it mm -hmm. yeah in a, in a more conventional movie you you would expect that there actually that you could imagine that there would be more violence and before there would be any kind of resolution but here it's just like it deflates completely like the gun is never used like they uh, Chekhov's rule does not apply to this movie at all the, the only other violent moment that I had noted, which is also not much, again, this movie really doesn't have a lot of violence, is that when um, when Christina and Eric have like kind of a fight and she hits him because she she is so upset by what he he did to Francis, um, she also lets out some violence. It's not much, but there is there is oh, a yeah, lot of anger yeah. there too, right? Where, where he says, yeah, maybe, maybe I overreacted, but 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 he, he tries to um, explain his reasoning, uh, but she's, again, really, really upset. And again, also because they have a, a past too, the, those two, right? Uh, which is which is kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, but I would say this is it uh, for violence. Again, the movie does really not have a lot of violence. It's not very violent at all. Even uh, if you look at the the actual parents' guide on IMDb, um, it it does not list a lot of violence. Uh, it, like it only mentions a man is kicked out of the club violently. He has some cuts on his face as a result. So the only really violent scene that we already talked about. Uh, is is when Francis is thrown up off the uh, off the club, right? Okay, which leads us to uh, well, the probably a bigger part of this film, which is uh, sex and sexuality. So, what would you say is the most? Even that, I think, is a difficult question. What is the most sexual scene of this movie? Yeah, that's a difficult question because I mean, not only is there not really that much like as much sexuality as one would expect. Like, this is not. In NC-17, mm -hmm. like, blue is the warmest color or shame or something like that. There's also not a sex scene in the movie. Like, no, there is no, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's no sex scene in the movie. There's, like, brief glimpses of nudity, but no real sex. So, like, the most sexual scene in the movie might be that same scene where, you know, um, Francis touches Christina. 
that might be like the most sexual one that I that I would see because it's he's actually touching her. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but what do you think? Well, like, what what is the why, why does Francis want to touch her? I think um, part of it has to do with some kind of manipulation on Eric's part. I, I think even beyond the sexual, like the 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 um, history that they've had together, mm-hmm. perhaps either you know he's had these feelings for a while and just concealed them because they're not morally right or whatever, mm-hmm. or if he developed them long after the fact he has some sexual or romantic feelings towards christina yeah and and what's interesting about that of course is as i said in the beginning we we do think that she is kind of like his a replacement for his daughter in a way right the way she uh, he 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 goes to her and uses her in a way after his his daughter has died uh, also to the fact that she she is often called baby she is dressed in a in a schoolgirl dress so she kind of acts like a, a teenager so their relationship if, if that is how he sees her has something uh something incestuous in a way yeah. um which makes it as he said morally wrong right i mean he, yeah, he has lost like, his daughter and then he finds her and then he's still like he wants to see her and talk to her but he does want to touch her and you know you said he she's kind of a replacement for his daughter it almost feels like he, she's a replacement for his daughter and also his wife because she's also yeah. dead in this movie oh yeah right mm. right yeah it's almost like he wants a sexual like relationship with her but at the same time they're also like a father-daughter relationship now i mean it's never really implied that this happens so it's kind of i guess it's kind of up to other people's interpretation of it but mm-hmm. i suppose it is possible that you know even before all of the events of this movie he's had like mm-hmm. some feelings for her but repress repressed them because like you know like it's 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 morally wrong to mm-hmm. um have feelings for someone who's underage especially someone who's you know spends a lot of time looking after a member of your family yeah so yeah i mean I, yeah yeah and there it is might a be big a way to release those feelings yeah for sure yeah and i think it's interesting how the movie even portrays that right it and it's not like it it doesn't wag its finger at, at at Francis. It it I think it treats his desire in a relatively neutral way. Like it's up to us what we think about it. And I think he is conflicted himself about it, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Like he's not leering at her or anything. Like the and and the movie does not sexualize her as well. So I I I find that very interesting how the movie deals with with all of that. Like we we just watch it and think, huh. And I mean, as he said, it's morally wrong when she because she's underage in the in the when they when they meet. And of course, there's a big age gap even later. But then, I mean, there's also a big, big age gap between her and Eric, who were a couple. Yeah, that's <laughs> of course that's a big um, part of it as well. And um, yeah, and I mean, in this way, like she is, as we already talked about, she's kind of like an object of desire for him, even if he doesn't really think he can allow himself that. And she was the same for Eric. And then there's this really interesting scene, this short moment where Zoe, again, Eric's wife, also kisses her. And I wasn't sure what to make of it. And But um, I, I read something that Egoyan said as well. And he said what he found interesting is to have uh, this strip club, which is normally seen as like a something for men, uh, be owned by a woman uh, because Zoe is the owner of the strip club. Like, again, Eric is just a DJ. So she has most power. 
And in this moment, when she kisses Christina, she abuses that power, just like you would expect a man to do. And I think it makes it very, very interesting, this this whole like relationship uh, and, and how Christina, again, is like passed around and everyone kind of like uses her for what she is. And I think one of the most interesting scenes in the beginning is when she appears, like she's introduced as this special dancer. And then we see this relatively long scene where she dances for the club and, um, and Leonard Cohen plays. I think that introduces the concept of her very well. Although we later see, like again, that that there is much more behind her, but almost everyone seems to use her as this this object of desire in a way. I mean, I think that's kind of saying something about how strippers in general can be used by you know their employer and mm-hmm. you know, and also like other other men and things like that. What I was going to say earlier. It's interesting how they portray Christina because it's, I mean, they portray her in basically the same way that like sex and, you know, sexuality is, is done in the movie. There's like, she doesn't, they don't really sexualize her very much. Mm -hmm. You you know, you see her dancing in a sexy way. There's like glimpses of, of nudity from her, but there's no, like she, she's not like fully naked in any, in any scene really. No, not even half naked, like really there. The only nudity yeah. we see is from other dancers who we never get to know as as people and only in the beginning of the movie as well. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. I think that's in part because the film is not as much concerned with sexuality as it is with mm-hmm. grief or trauma or mm-hmm. um, doing things like other things like that. Basically like grief, trauma, coping with that stuff and, you know, the way we might use... Um, sexual gratification in order mm-hmm. to cope with grief and trauma. Yeah, I mean, um, one one thought I have is that like the, the the characters have kind of a violent past because they are connected through death, but the way they channel it is, is through sex in a way, right? Through sexuality, even though the sexuality is not is not explicit, but like it, this is how they deal with it. Um, yeah. So there is a, a strong connection between these two uh, themes in in the film. Although, again, the film does not show any explicit sex, like as we said before, like there's no sex scene in this film. There's not a lot of nudity at all, but it's like it's something that is present all the time. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very looming like presence um, over the film. The whole club really is like this looming presence. There's a lot of scenes in it, of course, mm-hmm. but the ways in which like it like the whole movie almost feels like it's entirely in this club. I think that is in part due to the score by Michael Dana, which mm-hmm. is really like, I mean, it uses a lot of the, it sounds kind of like you would, the music you might hear in a club, but also it sounds mm-hmm. very otherworldly. Like it's from some secret underground society. Like, you know, you hear mm-hmm. like there's vocals in it, but there's also like bongos and there's, you know, you can hear kind of some bells jingling in there. Like there's mm-hmm. not like strings or yeah percussion or piano in it really it's just like it's electronic and it's mixed with like other non-traditional like non-orchestral instruments yeah very much so yeah and i mean the whole club is like that right uh we we do see glimpses in the beginning where we we kind of get like typical images we expect from a strip club like again we see naked women we see relatively older men gazing Uh... at them but this 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 disappears pretty quickly. Like we don't see much of that later in the film, and the whole club seems more like a again also like a dream. We we constantly have scenes 
behind the scenes in a way where we see through uh, mirrors and windows what's going on in the club, but so much is going on behind it. And so there's always this, again, this this double life yeah. that, that even the club has with Eric at the center and the whole club looks like, well, <laughs> it looks kind of exotic, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. It's the title, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it, um, it, the imagery of like, it almost looks like it's underwater. Yeah. Is what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like it's underwater and it's also a jungle. Yes. And yeah, the underwater feeling is also expressed through those windows inside, right? Like they like they look inside the club like you would at an aquarium. Yes. Um, yeah. And then of course, like the, the the one thing we haven't talked about yet is the the other big plot line with Thomas who who smuggles like exotic animals. And oh, he yeah. like in in his uh, store, there are also a lot of aquariums. So there is a connection there as well. Of course, Tom Thomas is a very um, interesting um, addition to this movie. I'm sure some people might watch the movie at least the first time and think, "Well, he doesn't really belong in the movie. Like, why? Why is this whole plot involving him?" And there's also, you know, the plot about him being secretly gay as well. And you know, you might watch the movie like, "Well, why does that need, necessarily need to be there?" But Thomas is a very, I think, he is a very integral part of the film in the sense mm-hmm. that he does play into a lot of what the film is trying to is trying to convey about coping with um, certain things that happened in your past that you, that really affected you in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also, he also kind of plays into the whole mysteriousness of the movie as well, because like, you know, the exotic birds and also Mm -hmm. you don't really know much about what he does. Yeah, no, again. And we also don't learn much about his past and, 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 and what he's up to. And he does become uh, like an integral part to the plot uh, when when he's used. Um, but yeah, he he keeps being kind of a mystery as well. And I wonder, you said that he's secretly gay. Why why would you say it's secretly? I, I think the movie kind of implies that nobody else knows. I mean, you only the, the only real scene where he actually is in love with the man is the one in his is like the one in his apartment. You know. Yeah. Which is the only scene that alludes to an actual sex scene in the film, right? Is between these two men. What what I thought was very interesting, especially for a movie from 1994, is that his homosexuality is 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 not a plot point at all, right? It's just there. Yeah, it doesn't have anything much to say about it. It's just kind. Of, it's kind of just like this thing that's, you know, it's there. He's gay. It just doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know, I mean, you could say that's. Uh, I mean, it's certainly progressive for the time, but like if it were yeah. made today, I don't know how how some people how people would take that necessarily. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, but I, I think for the time it is it was relatively progressive, I would say. I mean, the, the sex scene between him and this other man is the most healthy sexual relationship we see in the film, right? Yeah, and it's almost like I don't think you see this uh, other man anywhere else in the movie besides this no, one scene. No, no. It's just portrayed as like, this is just, you know, a normal, a normal night. It's a normal time, normal relationship that Thomas has. It's just like the movie almost implies like, well, nobody else really, really knows. Because, of course, in the 90s, even in, you know, a place like Canada, which is, I mean, certainly it's more progressive than the United States. But (laughs) yes, it's still like pretty taboo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, I started thinking about it more uh, for once because... It is shown in the film, but I didn't really think about it that much because it is treated so casually almost, which is, again, I think relatively unusual for a film. 
especially from that time. And then when I check the parents guide under sex and nudity, it has the following line that I want to quote now. It says, two men are seen topless as they kiss. It's implied they're going to sleep together. And I found it interesting that the parents guy points it out because it's really, it's, it's like as harmless as a scene can be, right? It's really just a kiss. There's not yeah. much else. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, oh, there's still like some people, especially on IMDb, which, you know, I mean, we've seen... We've seen how a lot of conservative people overtake IMDb mm -hmm. with review bombing a lot of black-led movies, a lot of gay movies, and, you know, movies yeah. by women. A lot of the people who use IMDb are pretty, st still pretty conservative. Yeah. A lot of them are also older. I, I mean, that that's kind of... A Part of my thesis for this podcast is that the parents' guide is is really um, um, uh, is, uh, a symbol for that because so much in the parents' yeah. guide often is is from a very conservative uh, standpoint uh, where it says, "Oh no, look at this, look at this," and and that things that are actually harmless. And that's why I find the parents' guide so interesting, and also because it is it is user created, right? It's not any yeah. official parents' guide. And um, the rating system in the U.S. in general is very conservative, yeah. like. A Especially lot, like a lot of sex. The, well, yeah, and a lot of the people who are on that board are like you know evangelical Christians. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are like you know just uh, suburbanites. You could say like mm -hmm. they're very even to this day. They could be a little bit conservative. Like I mean, you know, the movie Eighth Grade, for example, is rated R, and like the yeah. only <laughs> the only sexual thing that's even like implied in that movie. Well, I mean, there's the scene in the back of the car, but like nothing really happens, and that. But like the only thing that's like kind of shown is her trying to put the whole banana in her mouth. And that's it's it's really I mean, I guess it implies something. Yeah. And I mean, but it's it's really not that bad. I don't think I don't think teenagers would be um, negatively affected by seeing that. Of course, not because it depicts like a normal teenager's life. Right. Any teenager exactly. watching that movie would say, yeah, yeah, this is our life. So they couldn't be offended by it. It's almost impossible. That, that's why it's so absurd, right? Yeah, that's a good, a really good example. And I mean, Exotica, I mean, it, it has uh, like some some nudity again in the beginning and it's full frontal nudity, which you don't see that much. But again, like it, it's, it's really not that much. I mean, the Parents Guide also says at one point, and this is why I love the Parents Guide, it, has, it says what I just read. And then it says there are no sex scenes in this film which is very explicit and it's also like, well, yeah, okay. And that's why I think the MPAA um, um, explanation for some sexuality is so vague, uh, but it, it kind of fits because there is just some sexuality because nothing is explicit except for, again, some of the nudity. But but again, that's that's really not that much. It, it, this is only one of the few times like, where it kind of like makes perfect sense in a way, but like, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, it's like, it's not misleading or anything, but like some people... It, it, it would like if if someone saw that before going to the movie, it would it wouldn't give them the wrong idea, I guess. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other, uh, well, I don't know, sexuality you would like to discuss from this film that you could think of? Well, I mean, again, like the, the it's not the most sexual movie. I don't think the movie is as concerned about um, sexuality as it is with you know trying to make a statement about how people often use uh, sexual gratification to, mm -hmm. you know, make themselves feel better. It's almost like, you know, we talk about drugs or with alcohol, you know, things that mm -hmm. people do to at least make them not want to kill themselves or harm themselves or do things mm -hmm. 
like that. And, you know, a lot of times we might think of it um, as, as a bad thing, but this movie kind of portrays it as being kind of innocuous in a way. Like it's not really depicted as a harmful thing to do. No, not really. Right. But it also doesn't like glorify the, the strip club or anything or, or, or makes it seem harmless. Yeah, no. Right. It, it it really is interesting how it finds a, a middle ground in depicting it as both, as you said, like kind of innocent, but also not completely innocent at the same time. Which is why I think the scene with Christina and Zoe is so interesting because th this is like the, the only scene where someone is directly using their power to, to yeah, kind of, of use her, right? The other do, mm. do it in an indirect way, but Zoe's the only one who really takes advantage of her. Uh, and doesn't really, really ask if that's okay for Christina or not. And again, we we don't know what, what Christina thinks herself because we don't learn so much about her. We don't know if she has feelings for Zoe or still has feelings for for Eric or or, or anything. And again, the scene is also treated in a kind of normal way. Like the, it's it's never a revelation that they have kissed or anything or like it just happens and it could be a man or a woman in the in this moment. It doesn't matter like what your sexual orientation is or, you know, yeah. Like what the circumstances of the relationship yeah. are. It, it's just like, this is just the way that some, this is just one of the things some people do to like, you know, whatever they're, whenever they got a hole in their life they need filling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the, the movie portrays that uh, quite well. And, and yeah. And yeah, as you said, again, sexuality is like kind of, even if it's not explicit and kind of innocent, it's still, it, it connects everything uh, and it's still, it's present everywhere. And I mean, Egoyan talks about how, how he's interested in sexual, how people deal with sexual fantasies and so on and so on. And a strip club is like, is, is, is a fantasy because it's not real. Like you, you just watch and imagine things. Yeah. And I think you see that especially well, I said it before, like when, when Christina appears for the first time and has her dance as the schoolgirl, and, and then the song plays again, I think that, that, that Leonard Cohen song is such a an odd choice, right? That would be the last song you would expect for or for uh, the, yeah. the highlight of the evening in a strip club. Yeah, I couldn't, I I couldn't tell you what the idea of the uh, Leonard Cohen song is, to be honest. I mean, it's one of his more famous songs from his late period, so which makes it even odder because he was quite old when he made that song. Uh, which, again, which which is even stranger. Uh, and it's it like he sings about everybody knows, and it's 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 uh, yeah. I'm I'm not entirely sure myself, but I, I to me it it worked somehow. It had an an odd, interesting effect on that scene. It did add to the eerie atmosphere of the club. I'll say that. Yeah, because it's so unusually. Yeah, that's just not the song you would expect. Okay, um, then that would actually bring us to the final segments of uh, of of this uh, episode. So we talked about it, we talked about it about it a bit already. But uh, could you imagine this movie um, being changed so that it would get a different rating? So could you imagine it being more or less explicit to get a different rating and still working? I mean, to be honest, you could add more gratuitous scenes in the movie, but like since the movie's already like not super sexual, I don't think, I think you would have to do a lot to get it, to get mm -hmm. it to an NC 17. Mm -hmm. I also don't know that you could, that you could cut enough of the content out of it to make it PG 13, just mm -hmm. because of the whole conceit of the film. You know what I mean? Like it, it may not be sexual, but the whole idea of it kind of revolves around sexuality in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, and and it probably even if you like if you would uh, take out the nudity 
and take out the, the the little bit of language that there is. I mean, even the parents guide doesn't have much, although the MPA uses it language. I can't imagine it would still be it would still be rated R because it like the the, the themes are so adult. Um, so I couldn't imagine it as a PG thirteen movie in a way. Yeah, neither could I. It's really um, it, it's not sexual, but it a lot. It, it's about a lot about sexuality. Okay, that brings us to our really final section, uh, which is I, I kind of try to give each movie uh, its own rating according to this podcast, and that's uh, that's your job. So I give you four categories, and you have to say how to rate uh, it uh, from a, on a scale of one to ten uh, when it comes to sex and violence. Don't worry, you just just do what you what you what you feel. I I, I guide you along. So uh, the first question would be on a scale from one to ten, how explicit would you say is the sex and violence in this film? Like a four, five, six, maybe. <laughs> it's really not like yeah. I don't I don't know. I could justify giving it any higher than a six, to be honest. I would argue it starts at six because again you see a lot of nudity in the beginning, but it goes down because you don't see much of it later in the film. You kind of almost forget that there was so much nudity in the beginning. So maybe we land on a five. Yeah, five, five is okay. Yeah. Okay, then how intense would you say is the sex and violence in this film? Like a two. Interesting. And you say two, despite the fact that we, as we talked about, like like sexuality is like a, a, a theme that is going on throughout the film. Well, I mean, the thing yeah, is, but... it's like it's not really like. Yeah, but you're right. It's not like you hear. <laughs> yeah, it's not like anyone's even having sex in the first place. But also, like, like there's no like orgasms or anything. There's no real like blood or huge heavy hits. And even when he throws them out on the street, it's just really like, it's really tame in that regard. To be honest. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. Okay, then two. It is. Um, then let's see, uh, how much would you say is sex and violence connected to the themes of the film? That's like a 10, honestly, because it's it, 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 the movie literally takes place a lot of it in the strip club. And there's a lot of how it connects to how we explore that, even if it's not very sexual, like that's literally the whole conceit of the film. Yeah. And as I said before, like in all the sexuality that the characters are connected with is all of it is based on the murder of uh, of a girl. So even violence is in the background in a way that mm -hmm. brings them to sexuality. So yeah, I would agree. Okay, and then on a scale of 1 to 10, and a 10 here means uh, no, how much would you say the movie is recommended for children? Uh, I mean, I definitely would not recommend it to young children. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, the definition of children is uh, can be loose, so it's, it always depends on who you think uh... of. <laughs> I mean, I live in the U.S., so anyone who is under the age of 18 is a child, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But I think if you're like a I mean, I mean, I watched Saving Private Ryan when I was growing young. So, yes, know, this, is, <laughs> this is coming from this guy. But like, um, I think if you're like under the age of 12 or if you're over the age of 12 or 13, and you watch this movie like you'll be fine, probably mm -hmm. like like it's not going to affect this movie like again i wouldn't show this movie to like a five-year-old or like even like a 10-year-old but like if you're like a teenager and yeah you're, and you stumble across this movie and you watch it like i don't think it's going to traumatize you in any way it's not it's not really like a disturbing movie it, it can be like it can be a little bit depressing maybe but like it's not like i don't think it's going to traumatize you or ruin your brain in any way it's not like you watch two girls one cup and you're 13 or something <laughs> 
So if you if you say 10 is not recommended for children and one is, it can be watched by children easily. Where where would you put it? Like a four or five, because again, I don't think like, like yeah. I don't think it you need to show this to like a young child, but like if you're a teenager and you watch it, like it, it, I don't think I don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, uh, which would put it at a uh, twenty-two altogether, which uh, compared to some of the other movies is relatively low. But I think that's not surprising with this film because, as we said right from the start, although uh, it is it is about sex and violence, it doesn't really show a lot of it. So yeah, yeah it makes sense that this this doesn't does not have a high rating on on <laughs> on this scale that I'm using here. Yeah, okay, but thanks. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, very reasonable answers that I can agree with. Well, is there anything else that we haven't discussed yet that uh, you you would like to discuss about this film? I, I do think it's it, it's important to discuss the storyline with the character uh, Tracy, who who is played by the aforementioned Sarah Polly, because it's a very integral plot to the movie. Because we learn that his wife, before she um, died, was having an affair with Tracy's father, who happens to be um, Francis's brother. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, they, they were both in the car when um, his wife, uh, his wife died. Mm-hmm. And the brother is a, he's paralyzed from the waist down. I forget what the term for it is. Yeah, he's a paraplegic, right? Paraplegic. Yeah, thank you. He's a paraplegic. He, Francis pays Tracy basically to go watch the house when he's at the mm-hmm. club. She does things like she, like she plays instruments there. Mm-hmm. In in there, like when she's in the house just by herself, you see you get glib- you see little photos of um of Francis's daughter, and some photos of his wife as well, and you kind of learn. That's where you kind of start to pick up on some of the things that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. There's a certain part in her storyline, you know, it's, it's kind of the end of her storyline, where she tells um, Francis. I don't want to keep babysitting anymore. Or, or she mm-hmm. says it to her, her, to her dad. Like, I don't want to yeah. keep babysitting anymore. And when she first said it, I was like, the hell does she mean babysitting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. Cause like, you know, you don't really know, but then, then when she says it to Francis, it hits you because yeah. it's like, you know, and, and when she find out, you know, what happened to his daughter and everything, it's like, Oh, he's kind of like, it's another way of kind of filling this hole yeah. that he has that that he has in his life and using yeah. Tracy to do that again. Yeah, he uses another young girl as as kind of a vessel for his grief, right? Yes, which is yeah. I I, I also find that very very interesting how she is used and how she in a way and and when she says that what what I also find interesting is that in in all of the relationship we see, she's able to see through all of this, right? And this is why she can say, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do this anymore. This seems wrong, right? This is not helpful for anyone. Um, yeah. That's what I really like about her as a character, that she has this this uh, maturity, despite being the youngest character in the film. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny because I have seen and, and done a lot of, I, I've, I've done a lot of media, I've seen a lot of media where like there's a, the youngest person in the character in the story is the, is the smartest and like kind of sees <laughs> yeah. through everything. I very recently read the book Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. And the youngest character in that book like sees through 
literally everything. Like she's kind of the key to the whole story in a mm. way. And I think there's, I mean, that's a different conversation for a different day, but like, I think there's a lot of stuff you could dissect with that character. Yeah, I mean, I, it is kind of a trope, you're right. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, children have a certain sense of how things work, but maybe sometimes they're not able to express it in a mature way or really understand yeah. what it actually is that they're seeing. But children are really good at seeing things that adults don't see or don't want to see. So I, I think there's a reason that this trope is used so so often, even if it's sometimes overused. And I think in Exotica, it 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 is not it doesn't feel as 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 much as a trope as in some of the other examples you could think of. Yeah, kids are smarter than we think they are. Definitely, yes, <laughs> they definitely are. And it's it's kind of an unfortunate dynamic that we often are used to underestimate them, which yeah. then also can lead us to to them surprising us uh, in in an interesting yeah. way. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, it's fair to know Tracy's like 14. She's not like yeah. you know, a young, young no. kid. But... but still, like, as I said, she's the youngest yeah. character in this film, right? And she's like, yes, she seems really, really aware of what's going on. Yeah, she she picks up on it pretty, pretty. You can you can see it. Yeah. And, and, and that's yeah, that's something I find very interesting as well. Yeah. The way it is. It is shown here. Anything else you want to discuss? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I, I think it's. A very a really um, interesting movie. Uh, there's a lot going on there, and I think it's yeah. one of the densest, deepest movies. I mean, it's not super dense, but it's one of the deepest movies I've ever seen. I think it almost makes me wonder where did Adam McGoyan go after Sweet Year after what happened. Yeah, again, I would have to watch more of his movies to say, but yeah, I would agree that Exotica, as I said before, like this is a movie that I think you can watch many, many times and keep picking up on things uh, because there's so much going on, like the, there's so much plot, and, and with but it's never it never feels like confused or messy or anything. It it, it really everything comes together so well. It's I, I think it's kind of masterful actually. It's pretty easy to follow. Okay, then. Well, that, that I think brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, I can't announce yet what the next episode will be, even if I plan to, because my schedule is, is pretty messed up at this point. But um, that doesn't matter. I will I will uh, make, that, make that public when I know. But uh, thanks, George, for uh, being uh, part of this and bringing uh, Exotica as a very interesting film for a very interesting discussion. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, um, yeah, that's it for this episode. And, well... Uh, see and hear you uh, next time. Bye. Your dad told me about uh, you not wanting to babysit anymore. There's no baby to sit. <laughs>